All right. Hello. Welcome to episode three of Gods and Ghouls. Um, as always, <laughs> as per the last two episodes, I'm Jana. I'm Jack. And um, we're getting better at these intros. <laughs> we are going to be discussing today Irish folklore um, mm-hmm. and mythology and the legend of the Banshee. So there are going to be some other uh, myths, legends, crypto, <laughs> cryptids uh, sprinkled throughout the episode, but those sprinkled are... Sprinkled in some crypto. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkled in some crypto. Yum. Um, but uh, we are going to be touching on a few, uh, several characters. Um, but yeah, if we miss your favorite cryptid mm-hmm. <laughs> or legend, that does not mean we will never, ever, ever visit it again. We will be doing tales for the rest of our lives if we can. So um, don't worry, <laughs> there will be an episode of something. But um, that's what we're going to dive into today. So take it away. Let's do this. The um, When you started talking about banshees, I wasn't really sure what it was. I thought of a, a movie from my childhood called When Darkness Falls. It just scared the crap out of me. And at, at 2004, I looked it up recently. There's nowhere to stream it, like, luckily, because... Or else I just like scare my, scare my younger self, um, but I wasn't sure on like what's the difference between a banshee, a harpy, a fairy, and like a mermaid and a siren because I feel like they're all these, um, all these female characters who are typically um, a hybrid between a human and an animal, and like they mean very different things. Um, but I didn't really know how to discern what was what. So that's what I looked at, and that's what I'm going to talk about. Right. Yeah, so we're going to skip over Banshees, because that's kind of what you're going to be covering a lot. So I want to start with Harpies. Harpies, not that common. Um, I feel like Banshee is a much more well-known thing, but Harpy seems a bit more obscure. But it comes from the ancient Greek Harpia, which means snatchers. Mm. Badass. And it's a woman combined with a bird. And so, of course, there's a lot of flying going on (laughs) when there's a harpy. And one of their hobbies is screeching. Um, So they fly around, they screech. And the most well-known story for them, or of them, is the one of King Phineas. So King Phineas, he's in ancient Greece. And Apollo gives him the power, the god Apollo gives him the power to tell the future. Kind of like the Oracle of Delphi, he gives them um, the ability to have this like divine insight. King Phineas goes too far with it. He tells secrets of the gods to mortals. And so he's got to get punished. And who better to uh, deliver a punishment that's way too much and overdone than Zeus? <laughs> Than any god ever, <laughs> and but uh, he was he was he was our friend. He was going secret secrets are no fun unless you share with everyone. <laughs> Mortals, circle around. Come here, buddy. <laughs> You'll never guess what is gonna happen. <laughs> and so King Phineas has this gift of prophecy, overdoes it. Zeus punishes him and says, "Okay, I will either kill you." Or I will blind you, which 
she's a fur. Well, geez, that's really dramatic to be like death yeah. or like blindness. As if you're dead, you can't People see either. Can, you know, live with being blind. Like, gosh, mm-hmm. compare it to death. Yeah. How rude to the blind <laughs> like, community. Kill me, please. <laughs> like, Jesus. Okay. I mean, Zeus. God. So I, I think um, we would approve of what he does next. He says, I'd rather be blind. Yeah. And then Zeus's um, cherry on top punishment is that King Phineas, he can't eat. So he's very, very frail. And the reason why he can't eat is because Zeus put a feast in front of him. And whenever he tries to like eat the food, the, these harpies come in. Like these, these three screeching harpies come in. And they ravage all the food, they eat a bunch of it, and they just destroy it. I'm picturing, like, bat creatures. Yeah, more feathered wings, but they have been shown with bat wings. Okay. The, um, I pigeon, I, I picture pigeon <laughs> Pigeons. <food. laughs> I picture a, a feast like a, a welcome back to Hogwarts, and then just, you know, everything's scattered around and there's pigeon poop on it is hogwarts known for having you know lots of pigeon my well they're known for they're known for the feasts fit for king phineas oh and new york city is known for the the pigeons yes i could harpies what a clear correlation okay (laughs) so he's kind of in this um you know state of state of perpetual suffering because he's he's getting more and more frail and then whenever he tries to eat, harpies take the food. Then Jason and the Argonauts come because they need this dude's help. He still has the gift of prophecy. And they need to know how to navigate their ship, the Argo, mm-hmm. past the, the certain series of treacherous rocks in order to get up into the Black Sea. And King Phineas says, I will help you, but quid pro quo, you got to help me. And he asks for help with the harpies and then the argonauts say okay well where are they so there's a feast in front of him. he goes to eat it and then the harpies come in <laughs> he's like hold on let me grab a bread roll watch yeah <laughs> let, let me ring the bell <laughs> <laughs> the harpies come in they, they defile the food and then there are two people in jason's group called the boreads son of um boreas which is like think of like aurora borealis it's like the northern lights so borealis is like northern so these are like sons of the northern wind all right and being that they're sons of the wind you know what they got uh, wings oh <laughs> wings. <laughs> they got wings so they they fight off the harpies they fight them out of the the, the great hall so it's like i was gonna say the dining room but it's a king so <laughs> it's a hall all right great and they chase them. Hogwarts Hall. Wait, yes. what is that called? <laughs> the, um... Oh, God. The Great Hall. The Great Hall. It Great should Hall. be very easy to remember. <laughs> I was like, that's too easy. <laughs> then... So, Battle of Five Armies, Orc Bats, and the Eagles. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, we're covering a lot in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lateral moves. And they, they chase the Harpies off to an island. Medusa. And they're about to kill them. And then the mother of the harpy says, stop, like, don't kill these. They're just um, messengers. Well, they're doing the God's will. Please don't kill them. And the boy had to say, we won't kill you, but you can never mess with King Phineas again. 
And they say, okay. That's a good deal. And there's a white piece. <laughs> and so those are harpies. So if something has wings and it's snatching, it's screeching, it's always bad, probably a harpy. Mm. Then I found some interesting uh, cross-cultural similarities with other characters, one from Spain and one from Mexico. So in, in Spanish, it's the Papara Soya, and she's more tar- she, she targets children a bit more, but she's a woman who's also a bird who screeches, and she lives in a um, like she lives in clock towers, she lives in attics, she lives in dark buildings in the corners of neighborhoods. So pretty much saying to children like don't go there or else the paparasoya is gonna come get you. And then there's La Urana from Mexico, most known from the from the Conjuring movie. Yeah. Where she's the the titular character. Mm-hmm. I love the word the titular character. Because <laughs> um, it's named after her. Her story's a little bit different, but it's still that same thing mm-hmm. of a woman running around like um, this one's crying instead of screaming, but it's like she's she crying doesn't and have she's wings. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, she doesn't have wings, but it's very much this like um, she's just a scary um, ghost. This this woman is screaming and is going to you know come kill you when you're a kid. Yeah. And La Llorona is going to drown you because her whole story is that well, a couple different versions of it, but the one that's the spiciest, <laughs> is, <laughs> the worst <laughs> story is so she has uh, two children with this guy. And then he leaves her and marries another woman that he's about to take the children to be raised by this other woman. And La Irana then drowns her children so they don't get taken from her. And then in her moment of grief, well, like, as she, like, recovers and, like, realizes what she's done, she then drowns herself because she can't live with herself. She gets up to the pearly gates, and then God says, well, where are your children? You have to go back and find them. Oof. So that's why she's walking around Earth, crying, wailing and looking for her children and she's most known to um like being her bodies of water that's mm-hmm. where she's most dangerous so there's the clock tower one and then there's the uh, the watery one and that's harpies then fairies. so she's considered a harpy or just like harpy sub <laughs> species S- similar sub. similar to a harpy like Mexican stories don't feature harpies, but like they. Yeah, I was like, I didn't really. Re- I mean, I knew she like I know her story, but I, I did not ever think that it'd be, harpy adjacent. Mm. They have like a very similar. Um, I think they're all a, a similar tool. Mo, <laughs> shrieking, yeah. wailing. Hmm. I mean, where you tale. don't want her <laughs> taking something that isn't theirs. Yeah. In one case, your bread will get taken. The other one, you're like, oh, kid. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kids, stay inside. Don't don't go near bodies of water without mom or dad yeah, or adult supervision. Don't go swimming. Don't go to churches. Well, abandoned churches. <laughs> <laughs> That's the advice well, of the story. Don't go to don't church. Don't go to any church. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't uh, feel like people would like that. <laughs> Statement. <laughs> yeah, maybe took off in a... It's a very Catholic country. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so fairies, they come from a, um, 
Greek word meaning the fates. So they're almost like the oldest and they um, they don't have a singular like a more a most known source. So like harpies, you can pretty much always bring them back to King Phineas as like um, oh. okay the one common story throughout them, but they um, well, fairies they they look like people just like very different sizes and then they'll have like a, like butterfly wings or dragonfly wings and so in no way shape or form like a person just kidding well they, they don't lose They're human parts like brownie size yeah like tinkerbell size i was, I was thinking thumbelina <laughs> it's not that um, like harpies they don't have human arms they just have wings but like fairies have all like human right a whole human body and then on the back it's the wings are just a bonus there's this really creepy video on um like wh whatever that shows on um paranormal caught on camera uh -huh. <laughs> it's like what looks like a for real fairy i mean sure maybe the video is fake i don't care i don't know i just like watching creepy videos um but it looks like a fairy and it is eerie i'll have to show that to you later Ooh, it's okay. a creepy video. Is it like a little clip? On it's like, like a, a little clip, like so, like I guess, like on a camcorder. You know, all all cryptids are caught on camcorders. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, please use an iPhone, <laughs> somebody. <laughs> um, Let's get some lighting and some pixels. Please have a few more pixels. pixels. Um, next time you catch Bigfoot, I want it to be on an iPhone 14 Max, uh -huh. okay? And if it is not, get out of here. Portrait mode. Portrait mode. Can <laughs> you get real close? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really eerie. It's like just a camcorder, and, and it like it. They did not notice that they caught it, kind of a thing. Mm. And it like flies right by the camera, and it looks like a Tinkerbell. Like it looks like a fairy, and it's holy moly, creepy. <laughs> Fairies, they, they they exist in a ton of different European mm -hmm. cultures, um, so they, they they predate Christianity, and well, I guess so do harpies, and um, I think they like um, so like fairy stay like fairy stories and fairy tales they kind of um, were a, a bit uprooted when like the Christian stories came through. Because uh, like the the fairy stories were just seen as more pagan traditions mm. and rituals, um, and they got replaced with stories about saints um, a lot of the time. So fairies, they I saw this thing. It said that they represent the powers of the human imagination due to their like magic skills. Because mm. all the magic that they do, it's almost like magic that um, um, that a human would want to do like very um, very naturally. So. Easy example is gonna be Tinkerbell flying. Yeah. Right, like um, when she when she gives the kids the pixie dust, that's like her imparting like the magical abilities of a fairy onto a human. So it's like fulfilling that human's desires of wanting to fly by believing in the fairy. So they're super magical, and they're also known for appearing and vanishing. Like Tinkerbell's hiding all the time, and um, like when you when you hear stories about fairies in like Iceland, um. Or really, again, any Scandinavian country, the big thing is about how you can't see them. So maybe they're invisible, or um, that you know, you know that they can see you. They're um, they're omniscient like that. And then 
they they can only be seen when they want. And the oldest source I could find for that was the moon. <laughs> so I'm like, well, the, the thing that relates it to the oldest, because um, um, it kind of roots it in the reality of the moon. And the whole thing was that, so the moon has three general phases, one where it's, it's growing, so it's waxing. It's full size, it's number two. Number three is it's waning, so it's getting smaller. And then number four is that it's gone. So it's always like they're, they're around a lot of the time. And then when the moon is, um, when, when it's a new moon, then the pixies are gone. Hmm. And so it just kind of just takes that element of, okay, that sometimes they disappear um, and puts it into like the story form. It's kind of the opposite of like the werewolf where like the, the nature of the werewolf is revealed during one phase of the moon, so being the full one. Um, but so fairies, they have human body, wings on the back, lots of magical powers, love vanishing, appearing, etc., etc., and um, oh, going back to the Christian stuff, like the, the they're kind of seen as um, protectors. So a, a fairy, like a fairy and a fairy godmother, has kind of morphed into a guardian angel. Mm, okay. So, yeah, one and the same. And then next, mermaids and sirens. I love mermaids. Yeah, mermaids <laughs> and sirens, they are, um, they're both around water. They're both half woman and half animal. The mermaid, much more, um, much more popular, much more smiled upon. And that's... Which is wild, because I don't know a tale of a nice mermaid. There's no mythological tale that's like, mermaids, they're homies. Mm. They're all out to murder you. So I don't know why we love mermaids. <laughs> yeah, we, we put them in our Disney Channel original movies. Yeah. They're very friendly. Like... When they're compared to sirens, well, they both kill people. <laughs> but the mermaids, it's also like, <clears throat> okay, are they... Um, are they just figments of a, of a sailor's imagination when they're looking for comfort? So when they see a mermaid, they feel happy. They feel like they're, there's like a companionship there. Um, like when you look at really old medieval maps mm-hmm. and they didn't know what was like beyond a certain coast, like so, so say that they'd look into the Atlantic Ocean, they would just like start drawing dragons and mermaids and different mythological things that they thought were out there. And the mermaids... Definitely not ones that you want to see because you're still likely going to get rocked. Actually, on, you're going to get rocked on rocks. You're going to hit the rocks. Um, but then the sirens are a bit. It's even more evil. So they come from a particular story. They're from Homer's Odyssey when Odysseus is coming home and they have the face of a woman, the body of a bird. So also makes it very similar. More to birds. Yeah. Bird bod. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always always depicted as evil and when they when they sing their songs so like there are a lot of like um i think like songs come out nowadays will be called like siren song or siren mm-hmm. or sirens so that all relates back to this myth and they want like sailors to come to the island purely to kill them mm-hmm. there, there's no like um Oh, it's a mermaid. It's just like uh, warning me of stuff, and I should be nervous because there's gonna be rocks. It's like the sirens; they want you to come and they want you to die. Um, so just very similar, just but more ferocious than a mermaid. And the the story of Odysseus when they're passing the um, 
the island with the with the sirens on it is that he, he knows that okay no man has ever heard their song and lived to tell the tale and so I want I want to I want to be that guy so he takes a big ball of wax holds it in the sun and it softens it a little bit you know goes up to each of his sailors sticks it in the ear <laughs> saying welcome to Coachella guys oh my <laughs> protect god protect yourself <laughs> and then he has his sailors tie him to the mast of the ship. And he says, whenever I yell to be let out, tie them tighter. So they they start sailing past the island. The sailors are fine. But he doesn't use the wax. He doesn't use the wax. Why? Because he wants to hear the song that no one has ever heard and lived to, lived to remember. All ego. Okay. All <laughs> ego. It's not like they're going to give him some wisdom or some power. He's like, no, I want to do this because I am the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> and so they make it past safely, and he says, oh, so beautiful, so beautiful. And uh, the sirens are seen to symbolize a journey's traps. So, you know, really, really anything, if you look at anything like a journey, any traps um, set by like a passion or desire, those are to represent, uh, well, those are represented by sirens. So I'm gonna recap it. Harpies, they snatched up, they have wings, and it's a woman combined with a bird. Um, the paparasoya, that's from Spain. Very similar, it, it says, instead of snatching food, it's gonna snatch children. And especially if they, if they, if they get to cry too much or they're disobedient and lives in a church tower, uh, dark houses and attics. Lyurana, no wings, just a big white dress. Um, she's going to drown your children if they play near water because it's dangerous. And she's going to wail and scream. And so she's not screeching, she's just wailing. Mm -hmm. And then fairies, human bodies with bonus wings on the back. So they're not a hybrid. I love that bonus wings. <laughs> it's a regular wings aren't a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and they. Um, very consistent with pagan traditions in Europe, and um, they they like they like to vanish and appear, and they have magical powers instead of just flying and eating everything. Mermaids, they are head and upper body of a female, waist and legs of a fish, and they're found in shallow waters, and not purely evil, but they oftentimes lead to a sailor dying by a sailor trying to get close. They're almost just seen as like a uh, well, they're partly seen as a companion for these ocean voyages. And then sirens, um, head of a woman, body of a bird, and they're evil, they'll sing you a lovely song. So if they're singing, probably a siren. They want you to come to the island so they can kill you. And uh, so get your earwax ready um, if you know you're going by one. And yeah, that was a lot of fun to like research. And huh, I did not know there was a difference between mermaids and sirens. I thought mermaids were sirens. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that sirens. Yeah, I, like I thought the exact same thing. thing. And then, well, like I'm looking at it more, and every source is like, yeah, you can see sometimes sirens have like uh, have like a fish tail, but pretty much it's just like another bird. Um, what is with all the birds? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, this brings us to my section, which um. I've called Emerald Isle Mythology. <laughs> um, so, 
Ireland is full of tales of mythological creatures, but it was hard to choose which one to focus on. All tales are fascinating and mostly creepy, but they do have some harmless and quite frankly adorable cryptids, such as the puka, who is a shape-shifting little creature said to bring good or bad fortune. He can take the form of many animals and can also speak in the endeavor to confuse and scare humans. Um, or the Glasgybnin, which is a mythical cow with green spots that can produce endless supplies of milk. And this... The golden goose but a cow. The golden goose <laughs> but a cow. So, uh, but the cryptids we are diving into today will be the ever-popular Banshee and the Dirg Du. Mm. The Dirg Du is a tale of an Irish woman who turned into a vampire. This young woman had fallen in love with a local farmer, but her father, a cruel man, married her off to another man who was abusive in exchange for riches. <laughs> a short time later, the woman was found dead, and as, and as the site that I took this tale from said, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a cool sentence, so I kept it in, um, it's, it's from this point that the story of the Derg Du becomes one of the bloodiest in Irish mythology. Whoa. In the village of Waterford, the beautiful young woman had fallen in love, but her evil father married her off to a brutish chieftain. The woman could not defy her father. It was a different time. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish my father the best of luck if he ever decides to make those decisions. (laughs) (laughs) So, her and her true love were, of course, very upset by this tragic wedding, And he decided that one day he would do whatever it took to get revenge. The chieftain turned out to be even more horrible than anticipated. The young woman suffered from terrible mental and physical abuse at the hands of her new husband, Daly. His particular pleasure was found in drawing blood from her. He enjoyed bruising her and seeing bruises appear mm -hmm, on her porcelain skin. When she was not being abused, she was kept locked away in a cell tower that only he could interact, um, that he could visit and interact with her as he pleased. Mm-hmm. We'll leave that sentence like that. Mm-hmm. Her hopes of escape faded with time, as she, and she eventually starved herself, dying from lack of food and, more, and drink. The chieftain qu- quickly remarried uh, again, and... After a very modest burial, despite his vast wealth. So, just kind of chucked her aside. Yikes. Um, so, pretty terrible. So she was a lab rat, a prisoner, and a lazy burying. And no one came. No one did anything about Daddy it. Daddy sent, sent that, like, invite for... Well, yeah, like, who knows, but, like... Nobody. No one from the town that knew her that, like, nobody. Prime to start haunting some people. (laughs) Cared. No one cared that she was being, I mean, the guy had a horrible um, reputation anyway, so it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not like it was a mystery that he was horrible. Yeah. And uh, her father, the girl's father, um, was not concerned at all by the death of his daughter, as he was too occupied with his newly acquired riches. The only person who properly mourned the death of the woman was her true love. His thirst for revenge intensified with every visit to her grave. Some say that months of abuse had broken and twisted her kind spirit, 
and before she finally breathed her last, she renounced God and vowed a terrible vengeance. For the devout souls, for the devout souls of those who commit suicide are never at rest. Regardless, they are in fact doomed to walk forever in torment. The spirit of the woman was filled with so much rage that she rose from her grave the night she was buried for the biggest revenge plot that I've heard of since Rosalie in the Twilight series. <laughs> first, the woman first went to her father's house while he was sleeping and killed him. Then she went to the chieftain's house where she found him in bed with several women, clearly not mourning nor having any remorse for his actions. She lunged at him and killed him and then began sucking the blood out from his body. Mm -hmm. After drinking his blood, she felt full of life again, and now had this unquenchable thirst for blood. From here, she used her great beauty to lure unsuspecting young men into dark corners and sucking their blood. With each conquest, she became hungrier and hungrier. She would feast on any man who would promise her love. The story was passed down and has faded into legend, but some say that the grave of the young woman can be found at Strongbow's tree in Waterford. And no one knows where she has gone, or if she is still out killing the men who promise her love. What's the story called? <laughs> the Dregdew. The Dregdew. I have a colleague who lives in Waterford. I'm going to ask them about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're Tell them the don't trust any very beautiful women that try to lure them in dark corners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not Just good. Stick to the crystal making. Make those <laughs> nice waterford glasses. <laughs> yeah, stay there. Oh, um, wow. So that is one of the um. Did you see like legends. what her appearance is? Um. Yeah. Well, there's kind of differing opinions online, but mm. beautiful, young, long, black hair, mm. maybe blonde hair. <laughs> Okay, so it's not like she looks like a zombie or like a monster. Oh, she no, yeah, she's, I mean, she, <clears throat> after blood, like, I'm sure she kind of looked zombie-ish mm. as she was walking around as a dead body. But then she got blood, and then now was a beautiful vampire that could eat people. Nom nom. <laughs> Licks chops. <laughs> mm. <laughs> tasty, tasty. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ew. So, yeah, and, like, the story, which I thought was really interesting, is, like, the story passed, like, it just, that's all. That's the whole story. So no one, there's no ending, there's no closure, there's nowhere. Ooh. And also, they kept, the stories, all the stories kept saying how the young man, the peasant farmer boy that mm -hmm. she fell in love with, also was seeking revenge and wanted to plot revenge and seek revenge. There's no information if she ever saw him again. Or if she killed him, or if he ever tried to get revenge, or like that's oh. just his revenge plot. Just I don't know, just lost to history. Couldn't have been better than hers. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, I think she won that. I think she. If anyone was gonna give an award for biggest revenge plot, I think mm -hmm. he'd have to come in second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I found that weird. I was like, what happened to him? <laughs> yeah, I feel like he has a pretty good motivation to tell a nice story. Yeah. But, alas, <laughs> we do not know. Now next, we're going to get into the Banshee. All right. The Banshee is said to be a, f a fairy in Irish legend, and her scream is, is an omen of death. The scream is also called keening, which is a warning that there will be an imminent death in the family. 
It is believed that each family has its own banshee. Some sources suggest that the banshee laments only the descendants of pure stock Ireland, with the original belief appearing to associate the folklore with a number of ancient Irish families. According to this tradition, a banshee would not lament or visit someone of Saxon or Norman descent or who came to Ireland later. So most, not, but not all, surnames associated with, associated with the banshees have the O, or Mick or Mac prefix that can indicate a family native to the insular Celtic lands rather than those of a Norse, Anglo-Saxon, or Norman. So I've heard it referred to as the curse of the O's and the Macs. No! <laughs> That's, I know, uh, oh, looking at God. you. That's where you asked me. <laughs> I was like, was, whose maiden name was that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack is Irish, and he's, a, he's an O. <laughs> yes. So your family has potentially has its own banshee. I wonder if it sounds like we definitely do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like your someone from your Irish side has any banshee stories. Oh yeah, I'm gonna ask the mother. Yeah, the, um, the banshee can appear in many forms, but is always an eerie-looking woman. The typical mm-hmm. sightings of her of her is a pale woman with a white dress and long hair or a beautiful woman in a shroud or an older woman with terrifying red eyes and long gray hair now the dress color and the hair color kind of change um it's not one particular look Mm -hmm. um red hair black hair silver hair blonde hair blue dress white dress black dress green dress black shroud you know whatever um but it's always a banshee um because she's always keening she's always wailing and screaming um and it symbolizes and has you know i guess over the course of irish tellings um and experiencing this there has been a family member or a close loved one Mm -hmm. who has died she comes kind of the earliest that the stories you know tell is that she comes about three days before um, up to three days before or immediately right before like it just kind mm-hmm. of depends um, on what's happening there also are states uh, are stories that state that she's either you know one foot tall four foot tall or like kind of just kind of a shorter average sized woman um, so it's she's always a little little short there are a few Look stories down. just just short mm-hmm. um <clears throat> There are a few stories where she's like abnormally tall, but those are, I couldn't find a lot of those, but yeah. there were references. So kind of a, kind of a large array. Any woman that's walking around wailing might be a banshee, careful. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first stories of the banshee date back to the eighth century, which were based on tradition, uh, on a tradition where women sang a sorrowful song to lament someone's death. These women were known as keeners. The banshee is known for its spine-tingling scream, mostly described as a woman wailing in distress. Just like randomly. And um, it's like some stories say that it, they screamed very close to them, like right in their ear mm-hmm. or appeared and then screamed oh, at their gosh. face. That's horrifying. horrifying. Others, it's like you're outside and you kind of see this like shadowy, smoky woman uh, and then she just you know turns around and screams. Um, or you just hear the scream, but you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide array of stories. 
Um, so these are just a few, just a few firsthand tellings. A lot of podcasts do the Banshee, so I'll, I'll leave that as your own homework to listen to other <laughs> spooky ooky podcasts that, um, that tell people's firsthand telling because I wasn't given approval, you know, to tell their story. <laughs> so you know, go search those. Um, and That's Why We Drink is one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> promo, but like, you know, not, you know, they didn't ask me to do this. <laughs> Just my own personal promo um, is their episode. They have a few episodes that talk about the Banshee and they have a listener's episode, episode oh. 70, that has a has a creepy Banshee story in it. But anyway. Is it by, by an O or a Mac or a Mac? I don't remember. I don't know. Um, okay, so firsthand experiences. A man grew up in the North County, Dublin, in an old cottage which a lo- with a large back garden. One evening, he was using the bathroom, located in an outbuilding, and he heard an unusual crying noise that became louder and more and more erratic as he stood and listened. Um, He, of course, was scared and ran into his house thinking someone was hurt and got his father's attention. The father locked the doors, wide-eyed locked the doors, and told his son it was probably an animal, maybe a fox, just go to bed. Um... Luckily, no strange or tragic passing occurred in the days that, uh, days that followed, leading them to believe um, that it was an animal and they could breathe, breathe a sigh of relief and at least pretend mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe it was just an animal. Um, another story, um, and this is in first person, so I'll <laughs> start here. I remember being told as a young child of an uncle who was walking home on a cold and blustery night. He was probably sheet, three sheets to the wind after partaking of a snifter to keep the cold out. <laughs> On arriving home, he told my grandmother that he had tried to com- confront an old woman he had met along the way. Describing her, as he said, the old woman was dressed in black with a veil over her face and was crying and wailing outside of the house. Every time he went over to her, she moved away, but all the while kept pointing at the house. My grandmother, with all the knowledge of the old Irish mythology and legend, mm-hmm. knew straight away that this, what this old lady represent, represented and hurried my uncle to bed, reassuring him that she herself would have a look for the old woman. Needless to say, she didn't dare do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> then, sure enough, <laughs> only three days after this strange encounter, my grandmother's brother died peacefully in his sleep. As children, we used to plague my uncle to recount the story of the night he tried to invite the banshee in for tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's it's not like a, it's a harbinger for violent death. You know? Not always, but it can be. It's just yeah. kind of if someone in your family will die, whether it's violent or peaceful or their time or mm-hmm. not, someone will hear it. Someone will hear her scream. People have always been super superstitious, so tales of these types of things crop up all over the world. In our modern day world, most believe that cry, the cries to be that of an owl or a fox or some other animal. But next time you are out in the dark, maybe think twice, as the scream you are hearing might just be the warning of a loved one's impending doom. It's definitely no! the banshee. Definitely not an actual person endangered. 
please don't do that. Please call 911. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. So we will uh, see you next time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, lock your doors, keep your windows drawn or your shades drawn, and, right. and d don't let wailing women. If it's a banshee, <laughs> a fairy, pretty much if it's anything Just that we've talked about, it's don't, a no go. Don't let it in. No go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gods and Ghouls podcast. We will have new episodes each week. And for news and updates, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Gods and Ghouls Podcast. You can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com for any stories you'd like to share or any tales you'd like us to cover. Thanks!